welcome back to Live from Red Hook here at the Function House. Uh, back for another episode of season four. And tonight we'd like to welcome to our show uh, DJ Andrew Mendez. What's going on, everybody? Welcome How are you, sir? House. Welcome to welcome. Red Hook. My man. How are you? Good, man. How are you well, doing? It's been a long time, it's man. Been, it's been a while. You look great. 2004, I think was the last time I seen you. Cancun, was it? Yeah. Oh. Good, the good old days. What's what's done in Cancun stays in Cancun, right? <laughs> now it's now like you you can't go to Cancun without a bulletproof vest. <laughs> no, nah, definitely not. I got to go protected, right? <laughs> Strapped and protected. Can yeah. you believe that? Can you well, believe well, how I mean, bad? It's I had a gotten? friend that was just there last week. I mean, I don't think he left the resort much. I mean, that little area of Cancun is probably safe, you know, because that's where the money comes in. Yep. But yeah, it definitely has changed the outskirts. By the airport, it was always sketchy in, in Mexico. Yeah, for sure. But uh, definitely some good times, man. Yeah, definitely it was some good. good times. It was good. So it's been a while. There's definitely a lot to talk about. So, but first, I want to know how you got involved in the DJ business. Wow, how I got involved in DJing. Um, well, I got my first pair of turntables when I was 12 years old, and the rest is history. You know, I just come from a musical background. My father being a musician, so it was just something that always came natural to me. What, what did he play? Did uh, the drums. My father's a drummer, badass drummer. So, the, so you were you were able to at a young age you were able to play with drums. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, ever since I could remember, I was just always banging on something, driving my parents crazy. So that's awesome. Yeah, not too crazy, but crazy enough just to be a little annoying as a kid, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then, um, yeah, I started DJing some teen clubs, and that's how uh, I got started. So, b born and raised where? Uh, I was born in Queens, but then I moved to New Jersey, and that's pretty much where. I reside South now. Jersey? Uh, North Jersey. North Jersey, okay. When did, when did you make the move over to Jersey? Oh, man, I was young. Maybe like second grade, first, second grade. Oh, really? Yeah, I was still oh, young. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you went to high school and did all that out in Jersey? Everything in Jersey. I'm cool. a Jersey boy. So what made you gravitate towards dance music? Did you start DJing uh, when you first started? Were you playing like uh, hip-hop and stuff like that? Actually, yeah, I started playing hip-hop. I was a hip-hop DJ, but um, as you know, going record shopping and digging through the crates, you know, you, you put a needle on a record and you like hip-hop, then all of a sudden there's house music that you put on there. And you, you just, when you're a music fan, you just collect everything. Yeah. Um, but I was a hip-hop DJ and um, just was battling, scratching, doing all that fun stuff. And a couple opportunities arose for me to DJ house music parties. And I actually got paid more to DJ these parties. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick with house music moving yeah. forward. Yeah. yeah. So, so this all happened in in Jersey when yes. you when it started. Mm -hmm. So, what were some of the places and promoters? Let's 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 go back and name some people that put you on. Oh man, uh, my first club that I ever DJed was a teen club called the Music Factory in East Rutherford. That was a little history lesson there. My first gig, and then from there I started DJing a couple lounges uh, in Hoboken, New Jersey, um, where all those bars and restaurants are. But my first uh, real gig in New York City. Man, was probably the tunnel. Oh, wow. The tunnel, the shelter, um, going way back. Alex and Leo used to book me there way back in the day. Um, Limelight, one of my favorite residencies that I got to play. Um, then it turned into Avalon, and that was one yeah. of my other residencies. I think we both played yeah, there at the same the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sound Factory was a great residency on Friday nights. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Roxy was a great time as well. So, it was a fr it was Friday night at Avalon, right? Friday nights at Avalon. Party, I, I forgot. Wasn't it Johnny Z? Yeah, it was Johnny oh, Z. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, yeah. man. Johnny Z. Yeah. Johnny Z. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of big ups to uh, the click Cheetah Thursdays. That was with, um, yes. yeah, that actually was one of the parties that put me on the map. If it wasn't for uh, Alex Cordova, who's yes. doing amazing things out Killing in Las it. Vegas, yeah, he's the king. Yeah. Um, Jace, NYC, uh, John Z. Mateo, yep. that whole entire crew. I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for that party and if it wasn't for those promoters, I wouldn't be where I am today. So how did you link up with them? Like, did they, did they seek you out or did you, like, call them and email them? Like, what was going on? I was DJing a party in Jersey at this club called Drama. It was on Thursday nights, and it was just an institution there on Thursdays for house music. Yep. Uh, Jersey peeps love house music. Yeah. Yep. They really do. And, I mean, they're still, it's still heavy. House music is still heavy in Jersey, like the Tiki's and Jenkinson's and mm -hmm. all these places, DJ's. Yeah. And you have Barcode now in, yeah. in Rutherford, right? Which and they're booking some code. big DJ's Barcode. Yeah. So. You know, Jersey loves the house music, and I was DJing this party on Thursday nights uh, at this club called Drama, and it was like 1,500, 2,000 people there on a Thursday. I was playing strict underground. Everything that I would do in New York City, I did in Jersey. Yep. So um, a promoter, his name is Jace, <laughs> came to the DJ booth, and he said, I'm starting this party on Thursdays, and I want to use you as my resident DJ. And the rest is history. <laughs> wow. So Cheetah was your first residency in New York City? It was the one that put me on the map for sure. Like yeah. I was doing a lot of guest spots at like Tunnel, Main Floor, Kenny Shaw room, that fuzzy room in the back. Um, I was just doing a lot of guest spots. But Cheetah Thursdays, that was like my first New York City residency. And yeah. um, blessed to have like that opportunity. Back, back then, getting a residency in New York City was like, it's like equivalent to getting a residency in, in say, a Vegas now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, during then, there was not many DJs doing what we did. You know, it was uh, you actually had to practice, put your time in, go record shopping each and every single week, and uh, we were playing ten-hour sets. Now it's like two-hour sets. Yeah, it's like weird, but uh, yeah, it was a good time, real good time. And house music was, uh, you know, it was late '90s, early 2000s, and it was just such an amazing scene and such an amazing time. Yep. For uh, for music, so it was great. It was a, a special type of house music that was occurring. You know, in that time frame, you yeah, know, with, the, with the likes of like the person we had on last week, Johnny Vicious, yeah, Johnny, he, him putting out a lot of records, Jonathan putting out a lot of records, Hex Actor, like all that types of sound, right? It, yeah, it was, it was really controlling the, uh, at least on like the the parties, you know, you know those more mainstream type parties, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was just a great time, and uh, that was when KTU was rocking it. Yep. And um, I was super blessed to have been on KT for all those years doing the Sanctuary with Johnny Vicious and uh, who else was on there? DJ Boris, Danny yeah. Chetto. So um, having that platform to be able to play, you know, underground house music. What was the time slot of the Sanctuary? It was late, right? Yeah, like 3 a.m. Yeah, 3 a.m. we that. got on. And um, yeah. it was the best. It was such a great time and it was so young and um, house music was just really like progressive house. I mean, not house music, progressive house. Yeah was uh just at its peak i feel it was it was a really it was a it was a rejuvenating time for new york city back then at that at that point in time when ktu sort of hit the radio because new york was lacking a dance station for many years yeah. you know like after hot 97 went to hip-hop um there really wasn't any dance station no no and uh, Z100 was just playing alternative. So KTU, that was like Well, 92.3 was playing dance music. Yes, they were. Yeah. At that time? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was at that time, but yeah. they, like, picked up the slack when 
I, mean, I think that was after KTU, though. Oh, it was? Yeah. But KTU, you know, like with those, you know, it was a time where they put like all these DJs on Saturday nights mm -hmm. and, and, and you heard house music on the radio. Yeah, you're leaving the club at 3 a.m. and uh, you tuned us on, either if you're heading into the city yep. or just uh, doing whatever you got to do. But uh, it was just such a great era in house music history that uh, I think a lot of people do forget that. I feel, I feel like New York City, it's up and down. It's hip-hop, and then it goes back to house music, and then hip-hop comes back. And, like, hip-hop's really strong in New York, but I feel like dance music is coming back slowly like especially with the shows that we do on wednesday to network i feel like there's a group of people that come and they're really into the music i feel like that sound is coming back and new york needs another spot like that yeah for sure i mean i i think new york has a spot i mean brooklyn mirage what yeah, they're doing Bro over there yeah, brooklyn is um doing a great job it's actually uh big ups to craig jermaine and the whole uh crew over there the, they do a great job and um you know, that actually re-inspired me to get back into DJing. Was so, it like being there one night and you're like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable? Or? You know, like... That space is incredible. Space is incredible. It really um, is. You know... It's it, a mega club, right? I mean, it's it just really opened my eyes that there are people out there that still have an interest in the underground house music scene. And to see the masses that just go there for these shows... Uh, it's really, honestly, it's like motivating. It's breathtaking. It it really just, uh, it's it's inspiring. It's yeah. inspiring because uh, for many years, you know, I took a little step back from DJing because I wasn't really like happy with where dance music was going. I wasn't into what was going on. Uh, stepped away, started training in Muay Thai. Yep. You know, doing a lot of cool you get things. These guns from. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, I was always paying attention to what was going on, but. Um, you know, I'll never forget. Uh, went to a show at Brooklyn Mirage and just saw what the heck was going on there. And when I saw all these people jamming out to techno, tech house, it's like, you know what? Like, it's time to come out of retirement and see what the heck is going on here. Yeah. It's just, yeah. No, it's just interesting, though, to see how, like, it changed from, like, people actually dancing to just, like, everybody just, like, staring at the DJ, you know? That's so it's definitely like it's, it's yeah. an interesting turn, you know. I don't know if it's an age thing or I'm yet to get that feeling like the first time I walked into Palladium. You know, like when you walk uh, into the Palladium. Palladium for the first time as a DJ, like you're like, oh, my God, I want to DJ here. Like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to DJ here, you know. Like, where is that spot now? I think it's, like, it's probably Brooklyn Mirage. You know, you walk into that place, you're just like, wow, how do I get to DJ here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there's not many spots like that that can give you that feeling. But when we walked into the Brooklyn Mirage during the day and there was just no people in there, I was amazed at the setup. In that. It's inspiring just, how yeah. big it is, yeah. It really is. It really is. So that's good. I mean, it's good for dance music. It's good for the, the whole culture in general to have places like that. There needs to be more, I think. You know, it can't just be one. But that's right now. That's got the lead. That's the spot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's funny how it goes through cycles because, like, we had a little time period not, you know, recently where – like the mega club was just extinct from New York City, mm -hmm. right? And it just turned into like all these smaller boutique venues. And now the mega club is back. I mean, I don't know if you would consider Brooklyn Mirage more of like a concert venue or a, or a club, but it's like a mega club and they're doing astronomical numbers every weekend. Yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> you know? You know? And uh, New, New York City's just, you know, they cater to a certain clientele and. I just don't see there being room for dance music in New York City. I think 
everything moved over to Brooklyn. I'm, I'm happy about that. It's cool. We're in Brooklyn. Yeah. You know? It's good for everybody. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it just uh, it, it becomes a little more homegrown now that it's like in Brooklyn and it has just that personality, that vibe when you just walk into anything, even walking in here and I was driving in. I'm like, you know, what? I'm just like inspired by the culture yeah. in here. So I think it's just the perfect opportunity, perfect time and no better place than Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's still places in, in the city like Terminal 5. They do some huge events. Terminal 5, you know, exit. So, you played at exit. Right? Yeah, I used to play at exit. That was another place, man. I played everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the more that I think about it, I'm like. Wow! Exit. Yeah, you had yeah. A, you had a really good run. There was there was like a there was like a couple year span where you were everywhere. Yeah, it was uh it was good times for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm ready to do it again. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what um so what are you gravitating towards these days as a DJ musically? Musically, I'm I'm I've always been a big fan of the underground. So like tech house, techno, you know, um, just anything that moves me on the dance floor is what I'm going to play behind the DJ booth cuz at the end of the day it's it's all about the dance floor. Yep. You got to read the crowd, you got to you know, DJing is an expression, it's how you're feeling. Um and as long as it's good and it's underground, I'm all for it. So you got some parties that you throw. Yeah. What's absolutely. going on? Let's talk about um that. well, I started this new company, it's called Lost and Found. Yep. Um you know, it's uh my little baby project right now. Uh It's a cool so name. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So actually how it came about is obviously like I got lost for a little while doing my own thing, you know, really, really big into fitness and um, just paying attention to what's going on, but just stepping away for a little bit. Yeah. And um, I was living in Long Island for a little while and um, got connected with uh, my now my USB brother. I call him my uh, brother from another mother, uh, Dimitri. Um, we had a little meeting. And he legit sat down in front of me. He's like, bro, what are you doing? Why are you not doing anything? Like, you're Andrew Mendez. Like, you need to, like, get back out there and show everybody what the heck is going on. Like, you're still relevant. I didn't believe him. I literally looked at him like, no, I'm not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if it wasn't for that conversation and him motivating me, and, you know, he said, hey, do something. Try, try like, putting out a mix of some sort. And uh, I started this podcast, Lost and Found, just, just to give it a shot. And within like a week, I got 2,000 followers on pod, uh, iTunes podcast, and it was just doing well. And I'm like getting emotional right now because I really didn't never, I would never think in a million years that like after taking a break that people would still pay attention to, to me. Yeah. It, was, it was really humbling. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, had it not been for Dimitri motivating me to get back into it, I wouldn't be here today. So Lost and Found is something that uh, just an events company that we're going to venues, putting lineups together and just doing our thing. Um, next gig, Dimitri and I will be back to back at Analog on 420, closing the show for Josh Wink, the legendary. Nice. Uh, it's his birthday. So uh, big ups to the TTYL crew, Mario and Chris for having us on board to uh, close out the night. It's uh, going to be a real special one. So back to back, me and Dimitri, we're going to do it up live. So taking a step back from, from DJing and coming back, what do you feel is the biggest obstacle for you? I don't think there is. Honestly, it's the biggest obstacle. I'd probably say there is none. The only obstacle is like exactly like what I want to accomplish because we've been doing this long enough. We know what we need to do in order to be successful. It's just always surrounding ourselves with good people like yourselves. Yep. 
and uh, being good to everybody because uh, there's not many good guys in this industry. Yeah. And when true. you're a good guy in this industry, you know, I really do believe nice guys finish first. So uh, there's really nothing that I feel is going to get in my way when I put my mind to something. Yeah. So, like, I, how do you feel about, like, having to be on social media constantly and, you know, photo shoots and all that stuff because it is important. That's definitely a big adjustment for yeah. sure. That's what I thought your answer was going to be, but. No. <laughs> Yeah, we actually we, we did talk about that. So that should have been my answer. But um, that's definitely a challenge because nowadays it's all about your following, how many people you have on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. Whereas back in the day, right, it was just we rocked the house. Yeah. And that was like our skill. So now booking agencies, they look at that first, which is a huge adjustment. So really, uh, that's. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. I love doing photo shoots and stuff, but that's definitely a big adjustment is like you have to have that social media following. Yeah, you have to have the following. You have to have the look. You have to have the, you know, you got to dress the part. It's like so many things involved. It's not about like just throwing on a a hoodie and going to play music anymore. You know, it's like I, I have to walk, talk and do the act all day long. I need to be on social media all day long. I need to be doing photo shoots at least once or twice a week. Like, this is what entails in DJing now. This is what the life is about. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you got to maintain that image. That's what uh, these kids want, the millennials. They want to feel connected to something. So, you know, it's it's our job as performers to provide that with that, something to show value behind it. And uh, as long as we continue to show value behind what we do and play good music and yep. do great things like the Function House on a Tuesday night, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it's it'll all work out organically at the end of the day. Yep. So you you put out a couple records. Yeah, I, I put out a couple records. Um, you were nervous, right? Yeah, I was all nervous. Did a couple things for them. So uh, always blessed to be connected to that label. I mean, it's a legendary label. Yeah, of course. So uh, it was really cool to come out with uh, a bunch of stuff with them. And um, I still play it from time to time. Maybe I'll throw something on tonight. Yeah, play them. some play some original stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Are uh, you ever getting back in the studio? Any... Um Thoughts of starting to produce again? One hundred twenty thousand percent. I'm definitely going to get back in the studio. You know, um, Ashley was living on Long Island for the last couple of years, and I moved back to New Jersey, so I'm just getting my bearings straight. Uh, put together the studio, and uh, yeah, one hundred percent going to get back in there, make some live. That's beats. awesome, man. Well, it's been it's been great talking to you. Ha- happy to have you here, dude. I know honestly, it's been a long time coming, but. When I got that phone call, I, I can't even wipe the smile off my face right now. I can't believe, like, I'm here. Uh, and, you know, I'm just honestly really, really blessed to know you for many years. And thank yeah, you for bro. the opportunity to yeah. uh, come down, man. Really excited. Don't get too emotional. Obviously. Thanks for coming down. Hey, man. <laughs> That's, I'm an emotional kind of guy. We're going to take a two-minute break. We're going to get Andrew up on the set. He's going to rock live from Red Hook here at the Function House. Awesome. Peace.
All right, folks, we got DJ Andrew Mendez live from Red Hook here at the Function House.
Thank you. 
para poner a todo el mundo a gozar. Los latinos tienen que gritar y las chicas tienen que bailar porque les gusta el general. Todas las chicas a mí me quieren violar en un baile, me gusta cantar. Dos chicas empezaron a mirar, baila, baila con el general, baila, baila con el general, pues el general es internacional. A Puerto Rico yo tuve que llegar, Santo Domingo yo tuve que llegar, Venezuela yo tuve que acabar, de Panamá no me puedo mirar, porque ahí me trajo mi mamá. Great, man. That was a lot of fun. It looks like you were having a lot of fun up here. It's our passion, right? It's what we're here for. I mean, people fun. watching would definitely think that there was a bunch of people standing over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, there really wasn't, but whether there's nobody here or people tuning in, you got to turn it out every time we're behind her. It's the, an amazing opportunity yeah, to play I mean, for everybody. You so. sound like you never left, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> back in action. That's great. <laughs> played a great set, man. Thank you very much, man. It means a lot coming from you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we hear a lot of music here. We hear a lot of DJs, and this was a tight set. Thank you, guys. People on the feed were 
into it. A lot of, a lot of comments. people were dancing in their living rooms. I, we yeah. were like pumping up the feed. You know, we need people up dancing in the living room. So I think people are having a good time. Yeah, excellent. Uh, listening and watching. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, April twentieth, you're at Analog. Yeah, Analog Brooklyn. Josh yeah. Wink's birthday party. Uh, Dimitri back to back with myself closing out the night. Um, TT Wildlife event and Lost and Founds. Where can go. people get tickets for that? Uh, they could actually. It's on my Instagram. Awesome. Uh, and my Facebook at Andrew page. Mendez. Everything's at Andrew yeah, Mendez. At you, DJ, you were able to get all that, right? I was at DJ Andrew Mendez and at Lost and Found Group as well. Awesome. All right. Thanks for coming down, bro. Dude, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's been man. a blast. Yep. Thank you, everybody who tuned in. I was getting all your text messages and everything. I was blowing up, but uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in, honestly. Yep. Andrew Mendez came down to the function house, did his thing on live from Red Hook. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Send the check. <laughs>